Hello and welcome to the Thundercast. I am your host, Kelton Jacobson. Join with me today, my very own Hoop Collective. Holy smokes. Parker Haney. Parker, how are we doing? I'm doing awesome. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Local <Twice>. legend, Parker <laughs> All right, and Hayden Coombs. Hayden? I'm here. I'm awake. I'm excited to talk to you today. It is early on a Monday morning, and I somehow convinced these two gentlemen to come and record a podcast with me. It's the 21st of June. We just finished round two in both conferences of the NBA playoffs, and it was rather entertaining, I thought. I mean, three of the four series was rather entertaining. So I kind of want to start off with Brooklyn-Milwaukee. Then we'll touch on Philly and Atlanta and then um, Utah and the Clippers because that'll segue us into our last thing that we're going to do today. Um, And I'm very, very excited for it. So one of the more entertaining series and my pick still to win the championship, but uh, Milwaukee-Brooklyn, two versus three. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee wins the series four games to three, but holy smokes, Kevin Durant. Uh, I mean, best player in the world? Yeah. I mean, he was certainly the best player in the playoffs, right? Oh he, he played out of his mind. Super impressive. I think people are kind of downplaying how good Giannis was mm-hmm. because of his first two games, really poor <laughs> shooting. Because um, he really turned it on those those last five games of the series. He was, he was pretty amazing. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you see what? Kevin Durant could do basically by himself, you know. Uh, it, it was amazing. He's, like you said, the best player in the world, the best scorer we've seen in, gosh, 20, 30 years maybe. It's remarkable, like, yeah. It, it's amazing the things that that guy can do. And you have someone like P.J. Tucker who literally plays <laughs> as good as someone can mm-hmm. against him. And that means you're holding him to 35 points a game. Yeah. That's astounding. It was it was amazing. Amazing to watch, uh, especially uh, game six. I mean, he almost sent him into, um, he almost sent him into the conference finals. Just yeah, uh, got to reduce it. Got to reduce the shoe size, Kevin. Uh, Parker, <laughs> what did you see? Um, I found myself really rooting for the Nets, and I think it was based solely on my love for Kevin Durant, and mm-hmm. I wanted him like. I feel like his championships at Golden State aren't necessarily validated, which is fine. You know, they were pretty easy, and this one essentially would have been just him, right? I mean, James Harden couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Mm -hmm. Joe Harris forgot how to play basketball. (laughs) Blake Griffin was actually really solid, and I guess if Blake Griffin is the second-best player on the floor, then you might be in a little bit of trouble. But Kevin Durant kept him in it, man. It was was really awesome. I loved watching him play. Um and I, I I do think that he reminded everybody that he is the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Giannis goes, I had to – I've just kind of had to reevaluate who Giannis actually is because this whole time I was like, oh, he'll develop a little jump shot, he'll develop a little bit of an outside shot, and then he'll be this unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. But for me, he's just Shaq with better handles. Like, okay. I didn't realize – how one-dimensional he actually is. And not that you can stop that one dimension because you honestly can't. But it was hard for me. I just had to realize that he's just Shaq that can 
attack you from the three-point line instead of just the low block. Yeah. And not that that's a bad thing. It was just weird for me because I was like, no, Giannis isn't that good. Like, he can't shoot the ball. He can't shoot free throws. And I was like, what's wrong with that? I mean, Shaq was one of the most dominant – the most dominant player of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with who Giannis is. It was just kind of a realization for me that he wasn't who – I guess I thought he was or who I thought he was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's one thing, too, that I always think is super interesting is I remember when I was working for Bleacher Report, people would all the time comment on the articles and be like, oh, this guy just needs to develop a jump shot. And it's like, you're, you're right. Yeah. If Giannis could develop a great three-point shot, he would be unstoppable. But I don't think he never will. I don't, I don't think he ever will. I, I just don't think some players can. Yeah. You know, like it's, yeah. it's not that easy to just suddenly get really good at one thing. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I think I told you this story before covering this article for, uh, about the jazz and the whole premise my editor wanted to write about how Paul Millsap could move to the three. It was back when the jazz had like a million really good bigs. Yeah. On their Al team. Jefferson and Derek favors. Yeah. And, yeah. And I remember pushing back so hard on that and just being like, if it was that easy, he would have done it by now. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just change who you are. Right. And I think that's something we'll see when we get into Ben Simmons. Like you mm-hmm. can't just change who you are. And like Parker said, not saying Giannis isn't a top five player in the world because he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Just saying there's literally one way he's going to score on you, and it's a lot easier to prepare for that one way yep. than it is with like Kevin Durant, who can score from yeah. anywhere on the court. That being said, there's maybe two people in this world that can stop Giannis from doing it consistently. <laughs> so it's not this huge red flag. It's just we need to stop thinking of Giannis as this one through five next dimension utility player when it's like no 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 no, he's a center yeah and that's okay yeah yeah, yeah what's funny is with Giannis is you know he won obviously won the the MVP award the last two years and then he came back this year and improved in every statistical category yeah and then he doesn't get any MVP buzz I think that's voter fatigue I mean at its <coughs> finest but he's still he's still an MVP caliber player mm-hmm. um you look at the statistics for this this series and it's obviously like the Bucks weren't supposed to win. I mean, the Nets rebound or uh, scored more. They assisted more. They had better field field goal percentage, better three point percentage, better free throw percentage. But the Bucks are just built with a bunch of dogs, and and they yeah. went out and you you beat Kevin Durant, and that's all you had to do. Um, easier said than done. Obviously, it took seven games, but yeah. I mean, I think that one of the one of the Best ways to stop Giannis is have a team who can get a bucket every time down the floor, mm. right? And when uh, James Harden wasn't fully healthy and Kyrie Irving goes down, now you're relying on Kevin Durant as the only person who can s- consistently get you a bucket. It's hard because now the Bucks are in transition all the time. Yeah, and that's when Giannis is at his best. Mm-hmm. And like in the half court, they actually did a decent job at slowing him down. I mean. Right. Blake Griffin was actually pretty solid at just, like, sitting in the paint and saying, all right, come run me over. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use all my fouls and, you know, try and stop you. But in transition, I mean, Giannis is just, you know, I think we're the down best playing. player in the league in transition. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, him and, what, Russell Westbrook, two players I don't yeah. want to get in front of in transition. <laughs> um, and I think we're downplaying a little bit, too, how good Chris Middleton was in that that Amazing. series. He was He was outstanding. 
And then we've we've touched on it probably every podcast since we've started uh, reviewing the playoffs, but just the Drew Holiday pickup for the Bucks. That's what they needed. I mean, that's why yeah. they consistently fell short the last two years in the playoffs is they didn't have a point guard. They didn't have point guard play because right? Eric Bledsoe would just disappear. He would yeah. he would just disappear. And now well, they have a point Eric guard. Eric Bledsoe is a forward in six <laughs> one in a six one body. Yeah, you know, like he's an amazing athlete, but he is not. He doesn't have those skills that Drew Holiday has. Right. You know? Well, and, and Drew Holiday, you know, he, he brings you a, a few more inches, obviously a longer wingspan. And, and Eric Bledsoe's a, a, a great defensive player. He's all defense, or at least has been in the past. Um, but, I mean, Drew Holiday's just that much better, I think. Right. And and so I, you're giving up that much on the other end. Yeah. And you're not stepping down on defense right. to Drew Holiday either. Right. Um, so, and Drew Holiday didn't even have a great series, but nonetheless, he, he got it done. So, anyways, the, the, the Bucks move on. They're still my pick, by the way, to win the the championship. Um, we got receipts. Kelton yeah. Jacobson said, "Whoever wins this series wins the NBA championship." They're still my pick. Um, so we'll get into them as we touch on uh, this next one: the 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks. Oh gosh, how satisfying was that game? Whoa, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I said, and, and I'm I'm eating crow here. I said, last time we recorded, Atlanta had gone up 1-0, and I thought there's no way Atlanta's going to win another game. Philadelphia's going to figure it out. They're the best team <laughs> in the East for a reason, and Atlanta comes back and wins in seven. I mean, what a series! What a series! You could say it's Trey Young. I think it's collectively Atlanta as a group. Well, it wasn't Trey Young last night? Trey Young played he was, like garbage he was awful last, last night. night. Kevin yeah. Herter looked like <laughs> Herter's the best player on the floor. <laughs> right? I said I didn't know there were two KDs in the East. <laughs> not not trying to use a, a lazy white guy white guy comparison, but remember Kyle Corver's All Star year with Atlanta. Uh, that was that was it. That's what I kept seeing last night, <laughs> watching him roll off those screens, and it wasn't just hitting three pointers. He was like a mid range, just phenomenon. It yeah. was amazing watching him. Um, it um, was. I was very excited for uh, for my feller, fellow ginger. <laughs> what did they call it? I, didn't I see him call Red keep calling Red Velvet? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean he had a he had a good series, twelve points, uh, three rebounds, three assists. I'm trying to pull up his game by game stats, but it's not loading for me. But anyways, I mean just yeah. So he 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 beats you, <laughs> um, or did Ben <laughs> Simmons beat himself? <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll be honest. I, I didn't catch the full game last night, so I didn't catch the the play where he got into the lane where everyone's criticizing him. He should have dunked it. But, I mean. It was shocking. It really? was shocking, Keldon. Like, this is a wide-open shot two feet from the rim any of us could have made. Any of us could have made. I, I let out an audible gasp. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I was <laughs> literally blown away. I was like, "You have a wide open dunk. Just, just jump a little bit and put the ball in the hoop." Yeah. I was, I was pretty blown I, away. I'm, I'm, I don't like. I've never been a big Ben Simmons fan. Mm -hmm. I've always felt like this whole idea of no, he's a point guard is just the dumbest thing ever. Like, he's not. No, he's not, and that's fine. Look at Jokic. It's like saying Jokic is a point guard just because he's a big guy that can pass really well. You know, and Simmons. Does some nice things on offense other than score the ball and shoot. Yeah. But like he's just not a point guard. And no. that is fine. Once again, looking at 
why we were saying with Giannis. This is just who he is. Why don't fine. why don't the 76ers use him like Giannis? That's a great question. Why don't Colin. they use him like he's t- he isn't he taller than Giannis? Or at least about the same size? About the same height. Um I I think the biggest part is if they're using him like Giannis, that's taking minutes away from Embiid. Embiid is clearly the the superior talent. Mm. But I what I worry about with Ben Simmons, and this is not something you want to see to any player, no matter if you like him or not, is it seems like he's got the yips. This looks like 1960s baseball where you got that all-star player who has a couple bad games and they just can't get out of their head, right? Rookie year Markel Fultz, and or not one year them, Markel Fultz. Right. It sends them down to double A because yeah. they're so bad, because yeah. they can't get out of their heads. Like, the Sixers, if... They're unable to ship him away, which I'm 99% certain he played his last game as a Philadelphia 76er. They've got to send him to a sports psychologist. Like, they have got to get that dude right in the head because he is a really, really good player. He is first-team All-NBA defense. Like, he has a lot of value. He seems so shook right now. Mm -hmm. I... I have actually been a little bit of a Ben Simmons stand just because I thought he had two of the hardest, two of the most non-teachable qualities in that he had size and he had vision. Yep. yep. And I was like, if you have size and vision in the NBA, you can be a good NBA player. You can be a great NBA player. But <laughs> he doesn't utilize his size and the fact that he doesn't shoot the ball means that he has no passing lanes ever. Ever. Nobody ever cares that he's driving to the hoop. Nobody ever steps over to help. Yeah. Nobody's ever out on him, and therefore he cannot. And negates his best quality. Yeah, he cannot create for his teammates. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been it's been really sad, and I 100% agree. I think he has the yips, man. He like When he caught that ball, he didn't even look up at the basket. He didn't even, like, it wasn't even a thought wow. because he is so – afraid to shoot the basketball he's so afraid to get fouled and go to the free throw line that he just like i'm not even gonna look at it i'm just gonna pass it to somebody else wow it it was yeah i i think it's pretty sad and i think that well i guess i'm hoping that he can figure it out because i do think that he can be a solid nba player and still kind of salvage you know the rest of his career sure he's got to get something figured out offensively i think you know a lot of it could be the first couple of years he was in the league, no one knew what to do with him. No one knew because mm-hmm. you couldn't guard him because you couldn't play your point guard on him. So you had to play like your small forward on him, but that left Tobias Harris. So now you're confused that way or that left Jimmy Butler. Or So I think his first couple of years in the league, no one knew what to do with him, and that's where all this hype got started. And not to say that he's not a talented guy because, again, like you say, Parker, he's got this size, he's got this vision. He should be this... Giannis type player, but I, I think it's Philadelphia's system as well. And uh, kudos to Doc Rivers for uh, dropping yet another game seven. I think I saw a stat that he has more, he has lost more elimination games than any other coach in NBA history. Like, uh, I think it was like 82. He's lost or something like that. It was, it was insane. Yeah, it, it can't be 82. That's way too many seasons, but it like, or, or like, Series clenching games right. where they're yes. up. I believe it. Was, I believe the stat was like forty two or something. Yeah, he, in a game where he had the opportunity to clinch the series, he's yeah. lost forty two of them. Yeah, yeah. I I am 
so tired. Like, you, you can't discount a championship in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that is so hard to do. There's so many variables, right? But he is... You take the big three in Boston away from Doc Rivers. What has he done? Yeah. He was bad in Orlando. He was bad in Boston before they mm-hmm. got there. He was mm-hmm. bad after Boston. Mm-hmm. Like, Ty Lue has proven to be a better coach with the same roster. Yeah. Like, and I don't think Ty Lue's this amazing coach either. No. I feel like Chauncey Billups does 90% of the coaching on that team. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, what, what, what? What is it about this guy that, like, everyone treats him like he's this Hall of Fame coach? He got really lucky coaching the big three Celtics. Like, Yeah, he did. He did. He never went to a conference finals with the Clippers. Yeah. Not once. With the Chris Paul Clippers. This is the Clippers first. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. They got just as close with Chris Kamen, Elton Brand. Quentin Richardson, yeah. Corey Maggette, and Marco Yarick with Vinny Del Negro as their head coach right, as right. Doc Rivers ever took him. That's crazy. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, I We talked a little bit last week on, on how... Chris came and stand. <laughs> there's another redhead for you. Um, we talked about last week how, you know, Doc Rivers could be this, this, overrated, this overrated coach. And then we also said, is Ty Lue an overrated coach? Ty Lue has... He outcoached Quinn Snyder, yep, who finished third in Coach of the Year and second in Coach of the Year two years ago. Remember how offended we all were after Game One, and he was like, "We just didn't want Rudy to come off the floor," and everyone was like, "Shut the hell up!" Yeah, like you're talking about the Defensive Player of the Year. You had the play of the game. Oh next, my uh, goodness! Next I, next five games, it kind of made sense. So <laughs> let me let. Every I'm a well documented jazz fan. Let me let me say what lost the game, in my opinion. Rudy Gobert had no business being on the floor in game six. Zero. None. Not a maybe even game five you can make that argument. He had zero business being there. You can you can blame him all you want for the loss. Bottom line is he's not supposed to be out there guarding three point shooting guards. He's not supposed to. Right. So what do you do? Do you take the defensive player of the year off the floor if everyone's shooting threes? Yes, you take the defensive player of the year off the floor if everyone's shooting threes. You you put Jordan Clarkson back in. You run small like the Clippers were doing. That's my opinion. I don't think this is Rudy Gobert's fault. I don't I don't agree with crucifying Rudy Gobert. Um, should he have been stronger in the post? Maybe. I mean. L.A., they did a good job. They ganged, they ganged up on him down low. Every time he caught the ball, they just swarmed to him. Um, and he doesn't have the the ability like Giannis or Ben Simmons to kick the ball out, but I just don't think he should have been on the floor. Yeah, and, you know, ultimately, like you said, it wasn't – I mean, some of the blame is on him because he was on the floor, right? But he was kind of left to dry out there. But I also think something we've talked about over the last few days – is it's not like the Jazz had a ton of options getting right. him off the floor. Like, yep. is Rudy taking Rudy off and putting a clearly just exhausted Joe Ingles in there mm-hmm. really going to help them that much? Right. I think ultimately the Clippers decided we can shoot better than the Jazz can, mm-hmm. right? And you think about it, like in a regular season game, the 
for most of crunch time, the Clippers had Paul George and Nick Batum playing their four and five. Like, you would never go into a regular game being like, Rudy, get one of these guys. Yeah. You know, who play exclusively on the, the perimeter. So I don't know why we all expected him to be fine doing it in the playoffs. But, I mean, it, it's the same thing with, with Philadelphia and Utah. Like, they have pretty flawed rosters. They have great rosters. They have regular season winning rosters where you only need three or four of your guys to show up any given night. But come playoff time when you are playing top-tier talent, yeah, it's a lot harder to win mm-hmm. if you don't have a system. And at the end of the day, the Clippers were just way better shooters. The Clippers the shot the hell out of the ball. I, we, we've all, like literally never seen anything like that. Yeah in the playoffs in terms of an entire team effort. You know, like the Warriors have always, during their run, of course they always shot the ball really well, but it was really two or three of them that shot the ball really well. Everyone on the floor for the Clippers was a threat. Yeah. I mean, even even when, when Patrick Beverly shooting three for four. <laughs> that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Well, I shoot I, better than Patrick Beverly. Yeah, yeah. That's, and he's out there hitting these shots yeah. and huge game, Like, there were games in that series where – there was it was the best defense you could have played yeah. on on people, and then Reggie Jackson would just hit this <laughs> BS fadeaway three, and you're just like, what? Like it, who? And <laughs> by the way, Reggie Jackson had himself a series as a whole. Oh my gosh, um, you can you can say, oh, Paul George carried him, or oh, T- Terrence Mann that 39 point game. Pat, uh, Reggie Jackson had a series, the the full series. I just I don't know. Parker, sing me to sleep. <laughs> I am not going to waste time on this podcast <laughs> ripping apart Rudy Gobert. Um, Get on Twitter. You can see it all. Yeah, yeah. Just go ahead and go on Twitter. Scroll through my likes. You'll see all the best ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually I actually want to focus on Paul George, man. I Y'all. I think he just nutted up, dude. It was awesome. Ain't that the truth? The last Kawhi, four games of the series. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard goes down, and Paul George is just like, all right, everybody thinks that we are literally out of this series now. Mm-hmm. And I want to give a ton of credit to him. I know that Reggie Jackson was playing well before and regardless of Paul George, but I think that what he did as a leader was awesome. I don't think Pat Bev makes those threes if Paul George isn't there, like, helping him out. Like, hey, you got this. Hey, good work on defense. Hey, good steal, you know. Mm-hmm. Feeding him the ball, giving him those opportunities. I don't think yeah. Pat Bev makes those threes. I don't think Terrence Mann plays as well as he does if he doesn't have Paul George in his ear saying, like, no. hey, good defense. Hey, attack Rudy. Come on, let's what, go. You why know? is Terrence Mann able to score 40 points on you? Well, it's because you're focusing so much on, on Paul George, right? You know exactly, and I, I just, I just want to give a ton of credit to Paul George because if anybody had a reason, like he, he now officially had a reason, like, oh yeah, Paul George missed or exited in the second round because Kawhi Leonard went down, right? Like now he literally had an excuse to play horrible and play like playoff P, and instead he just nutted up and he was like, no, I'm not going home. I yep. want to play, yep. and he played to the level of. Of Paul George, all-star Paul George. Indiana Paul George. Indiana Paul George, baby, let's go. MVP candidate Paul George, you know? Like, it was awesome to see that. And I'm glad that it's continuing. I mean, it wasn't enough against the Suns, but he still played really well. But anyway, so instead of hating on Rudy Gobert for 15 minutes, I'll just give some credit to Paul George because I thought he was awesome. The way he facilitated that offense Mm – in those last two games after Kawhi Leonard 
went down was was amazing because even the first four games, yeah, games three and four, Kawhi Leonard won those games, but Kawhi Leonard had to you know do his takeover where he takes the ball and gets mid range jumpers and and they never seem to miss. Uh, but Paul George, he just facilitated that offense, like you said. He and the way that the Clippers beat the Jazz was it was really really simple. It's hey we're gonna break the paint and then we're gonna kick out. Because Rudy's got to come over to help or else we're going to get a layup because the Jazz perimeter defenders are absolute garbage. Or we're going to kick it out. We're going to get a wide open three. Um, Marcus Morris uh, is the one outlier here, but I think it's because of his uh, shooting in the first two games. Uh, It says 33% for the series. I think those last four games, I think he shot closer to 50. Reggie Jackson shot 50%. Paul George... This is from three. Paul George shot 42%. Terrence Mann, 47%. Nick Batum, 52%. Luke Kennard, 55%. From three-point range, right? Uh, Boogie. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, look at Patrick Beverly shot 36%. And I was saying saying all game six, I said, stop sagging off of Terrence Mann and start sagging off of Patrick Beverly. And they started doing that the last three minutes of the game, and then Patrick Beverly hits like two in a row. Right, and he I, was the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I, oh, it drove me nuts. But w- one thing, I'm really interested to see how the Clippers kind of retool going forward. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, this is going ways back, but before Paul George became the guy in Indiana, you remember who Indiana's guy was? Danny Granger. Danny, Danny Granger. Granger. Danny Granger was... Best 2K player of all time, by the oh, way. Oh, dude, he was so good. And... Indiana was really built around Danny Granger, Paul George playing off the ball. Danny Granger kind of has this Brandon Roy injury where he gets hurt, but we don't think it's as, it's that bad. Yeah. Then during the rehab process, we find out, oh, no, his career's over. And immediately Paul George becomes the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, then he goes to Oklahoma City, can't really be the guy there, right. moves around, can't really. Now the quiet out. He's the guy, and we're, like, seeing this again. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that if you are a number one option, it is so different going to a place where suddenly it's like, no, 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 you're not going to have the ball in your hands all the time. Mm -hmm. So maybe Paul George hasn't been as bad as social media has given him a hard time for. Maybe the offense just hasn't been set up to highlight his strengths. Sure. Right? And – I'm really what I what's most interesting to me is Kawhi Leonard is obviously a top three toe player in the league. Like Kawhi Leonard yeah. is amazing. If yeah. there's anyone who was as impressive when as he's Kevin healthy, Durant right? this playoff series, it was Kawhi Leonard, yeah. right? Sure. But also we saw in San Antonio, even in Toronto when they won the championship, Kawhi didn't have to be the focus. He of the he's offense. never been the leader. So let Paul George, as crazy as it sounds, let Paul George oh, be I that agree. guy. Let Kawhi be option number two, three on offense. Mm -hmm. He's still going to be the best defender in the world. He's still going to hit amazing shots. Mm -hmm. But let Paul George be that guy on offense. And I think the Clippers are going to be scary good moving forward when Kawhi gets healthy again. Yeah. Um, Looking over at at the Jazz uh, stats for the series, I mean, you have Donovan Mitchell, and and I'm going to go ahead and say that the kid turned into a superstar. This, this playoffs, I mean, yeah, he couldn't take his team uh, past the second round. Neither could Joel Embiid. Neither could 
I'm not going to say Kevin Durant, but uh, neither could, you know, Jimmy Butler couldn't win a game, and, and we're deeming those guys superstars. So Donovan Mitchell turned turn into a superstar this this playoff series. He was remarkable, 35 points. Yeah, no, anyone ag- argues with that. They're just being haters. Like, come on. Stephen A. Smith, he, he called him the best jazz player of all time. I mean, might be a little premature, but, I mean, if he continues, yeah, I have, I have no qualms with it. I mean, the... Carvalone is an all-time talent. Like that, yeah. that's that's hard to say in this era of any guard that is athletic and can shoot is going to average twenty-something points a game. You know, but I get where he's saying. Like Donovan Mitchell could maybe bring them places that mm-hmm. Carvalone never did. I couldn't. That being said, Carvalone did drag the Jazz to a couple finals. Yeah, and drag a dysfunctional Lakers team <laughs> to the finals. Like. Yeah, I think I think with the Jazz, I mean, it, it just came down to you couldn't. Well, obviously you couldn't get stops, but your your perimeter defenders were just that bad, and your second best player was negated if your perimeter defenders are that bad. So, uh, Joe Ingles, love him to death, premier Utah Jazz personality. Uh, he's old, yeah, and you saw it. He he couldn't stay in front of anyone. I mean, the the days of Paul George versus Joe Ingles are gone. They're they're done. Mm-hmm. All righty. They're, they're, it's, they're it's, trending in two opposite directions. Yeah, it's it's done. Uh, Jordan Clarkson had an awesome about 17 minutes in, in game six and then <laughs> disappeared. Right. Gone in the second half. And I think part of that's Quinn Snyder because Quinn, he Jordan, Car- Jordan Clarkson comes in and shoots twice, misses both, and Quinn's like, okay, you're done. And yeah. then he sits him, so I think that's it. And then Clarkson is going to be who Clarkson is, and that is mm-hmm. 20 really good minutes of basketball every given night, which is why he's such a phenomenal six-man in his role, mm-hmm. right? Jazz can't rely on him coming in and replacing Mike Conley. Yeah. It's just not who Jordan Clarkson no. is. No, And then you had Bojan Bogdanovic. He averaged 18. Um, Super impressed with him all series. Very I think, well-rounded I game. think they underutilized him quite a bit. Absolutely. Um it got to a point, you know, in, in game four, really, that the Jazz just decided we're going to play ISO. We're going to put Donovan or Jordan at the top of the – or Joe Ingles at the top, you know, 35 feet away from the basket and let him do something. And Anyways. Uh, the, the commentators hit on it a little bit in game six, right when uh, – I think in the third quarter when the Clippers were making their run – how they had Royce O'Neal in the decider spot, right? So Donovan yeah. gets the double team, they rush him, and then his first open man is Royce O'Neal. So he swings it to Royce O'Neal. Now Royce O'Neal has to make the decision. Mm-hmm. There's a man open or he's open, and you have to make a decision. You're in the decider spot. Yeah. You either your team gets a bucket right there or the Clippers get a stop. Yeah. And every, like the I can't remember who was commentating it, but they were like, you know, that's not Royce O'Neal's position. Right. Put boy on in that spot, right? As yeah. soon as Donovan gets doubled, swing to Boyan. Now let Boyan decide because yeah. Boyan is either going to knock down that shot or mm-hmm. he's going to drive in the lane, find a shooter. He's he's just going to make the right play, and I think that he proved that consistently, and then they just they never went well, to it. I love Royce O'Neal, but – one of Royce O'Neal's biggest flaws as a player is he is not a willing shooter. Right. He's not like Ben Simmons, I'm scared of it. Right. But Royce is never looking to score first. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that, you know, yeah. that spot, that's got to be a viable option. And he just just the player he is. And that's how who, who what he hangs his hat on. That's how he just grinded his way into the league. 
he is never going to be that guy that's thinking shoot the ball. Yeah, right. me, always me first. How to set up his teammates? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll end with this, and then it'll kind of transition us into what we're gonna do next. But uh, Jazz or Philadelphia, which one? Is this second round loss a bigger disappointment or a biggest embarrassment for? Both of them lost games where they were winning by 25. Yeah. So you can't use that against either team. But which one is it a bigger embarrassment for? Philadelphia. They lost to a worse team. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And, uh, like, Philadelphia, I mean, we talked about it. You got me the book, Danking to the Top. Like, (laughs) Philadelphia... Like great book the process, the they have been building for this moment for years, uh, and we're seeing them actively hit the reset button. I think Utah goes one more year with yeah, this crew. Yeah, I think so too. Try to add somebody um, along the way. Dinwiddie just opted out of his contract. Maybe there's something there. They could move Ooh. around some some pieces, but. Uh, Philadelphia is like in panic mode right now. They are hitting the panic button. They're blowing up that roster as we speak. Like Daryl Morey's doing his thing. He's going to bring in all of these high analytic guys like DeAnthony Melton to come in. Like you should have, you should have traded Ben Simmons for James Harden when you had the chance. Man, well he tried. That wasn't that was Houston pushing. Oh, was it Houston saying no? Yeah, Mm -hmm. which you see right there what Daryl Morey thinks of him. The first thing he does when he gets to Philadelphia is shot Ben Simmons all over the place. Like I just I, I just don't know. How do you not make that work though? You know, I say I think you give Houston whatever you want. James Harden is a generational talent. Yeah. And if you want to win Yeah, like, it's true. If it's this close, if it's Seth Curry away, you give yeah. Seth Curry. Well from what I've read is it's it was a couple first round picks away. And you know how Daryl Morey loves yeah to hoard those those first round picks. Yeah. But like you you're absolutely right because why not get rid of a couple late twenty picks for mm-hmm. James Harden? Like it's well, also the difference between a late first round pick and an early second round pick, which you can buy for a couple million bucks, is next to nothing. Sure. Also, that's just embarrassing for Houston because what do they have <laughs> now? What they get out of the right. trade? At least you right. wouldn't have Ben Simmons. Right now, you just got a bunch of. G League team, maybe yeah. Broken Oladipo, poor guy. Yeah, he's in Miami. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they shipped that's them off right. already. Yeah, I Jeez. think Houston think literally has nothing to show for that trade. They no, got nothing for nothing, James Harden. Nothing. At least you can say, yeah, well, we got Benson. They got Dante Exum out of it. <laughs> oh, um, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I, I I tend to agree with you. I think I think Utah the only thing that saves Utah is I think they can run it back one more year with the same squad. You bank on health. Um and and hope that that gets you over the top. I think the loss of Mike Conley was huge. I'm not going to blame anything on injuries because obviously the Clippers lost Kawhi Leonard, but the Jazz beat Clippers with Kawhi Leonard twice. I think you needed Mike Conley more than than is being said, um, but I don't think that's why the Jazz lost. I think the Jazz lost because, A, Rudy Gobert had no business being out on the floor in games, probably five and six, and the Clippers just shot the hell out of the ball. So, uh, bigger embarrassment, yeah, we're going with Philly there. Um, I think Utah lucks out. If, if Philly pulled that out last night, I think Utah's the embarrassment of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but right. Disappointment, right. too, because you look at how the playoffs are shaking out. There's oh. not a single team left that a oh. healthy Utah team couldn't beat. Oh. Like, that's the one thing that, 
I, I was texting you Pains the other me. night. Like I'm I'm no Jazz fan. I it's I tend to root for them because they're the local team. But never once growing up did I identify as a Jazz fan. Mm-hmm. But it like makes me like physically ill to think like this was the year that you they served it up it. on a platter. You don't have to go through LeBron. You don't have to go through Kevin Durant. You you gotta go Warriors through. Are hurt. You yeah. Don't have the Warriors. Don't have Steph. So you go through Chris Paul if you can do it. Easier said than done. And then you have either Giannis, who the Jazz have proven that they can guard. Right. That is the dream matchup for them. This team yeah. that mm-hmm. doesn't shoot great. Mm-hmm. Like they're the, the anti Clippers. Or you or or Trey Young, who is gonna shoot fifty seven times a game, and <laughs> obviously the Clippers shot. Yeah, anyways. Um, would the, would the Atlanta Hawks have beaten the Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals? Dude, I don't know how crazy it's going to be if it is like a, a Hawks Clippers Finals because you're not going to have like a single player out there that's taller than six eight, and it's just going to be like you know like when you go play pickup and it's the end of the game when everyone's too tired to get up and so down you just the start court launching and it's just three 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 <laughs> like it's going to be so ugly, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Oh man! So I want to do this next part, and then we're gonna give our fine our, our conference finals and finals predictions, and then we'll we'll wrap up. Uh, so after all we've said about the Jazz, after all we've said about the 76ers, it's very clear via Twitter or you know your social circles, whatever, that both teams um, the blame can be laid on a singular player, and for the Jazz, that's Rudy Gobert, and for the 76ers, that's Ben Simmons. So we came up with our fake Ben Simmons and our fake Rudy Gobert trades. And uh, I asked Hayden and Parker to come up with three of each. Let me pull up mine. I'll go first. I'm going to start off with uh, our Ben Simmons trades. Um, And if you have the same one, let me know. But my first Ben Simmons trade is straight across Ben Simmons for C.J. McCollum. Yeah, that's the one that we're we're seeing a lot. Um, I, I saw Tim McMahon tweet that last night. I have the receipts. I said it first. Tim McMahon got it from me. <laughs> yeah, look at me. This is, I, I did my screenshot trade checker, <laughs> right? Um, I I think that is the most likely trade that we will see because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and I went into that same way. Like, I feel like I found it before everyone started talking about it, yeah. you know, um, or maybe as everyone was talking about it. But I went into that initially – being the big Dame fan that I am and being like, oh, Portland needs to let him go. Let him go compete for a trade. Mm-hmm. Dame for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, Simmons for McCollum matches up nicely. It does. And Simmons, like, one of Portland's big issues is defense. Defense and the fact that Nurkic is hurt all the time. <laughs> this would allow Ben Simmons to maybe play a more natural 4-5 yep. defensive stopper role. Still got Dame yeah. out there launching threes, making him look good on offense. I mean, imagine that that lineup of of Dame, Norm Powell, Robert Covington, Ben Simmons, and Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, that's a huge lineup, and then yeah. you can shoot the three for three out of the five guys, and then the other two move Simmons over to the five, and you got Covington coming yeah. off the bench. Like, yeah. that's that's a solid solid get for for Portland, and it's not like Philly's not getting anything out of it either. No, they're getting basically what they needed this series yeah. to advance. So imagine how much better they would have looked out there with C.J. McCollum instead taking of, those shots instead of, you know, Shake Milton. Shake Milton. 
Like, come on. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess my only thing is that Ben Simmons is a, a big asset defensively. And not that CJ is horrible, but he's not no, Ben Simmons. But I think one thing you have to look at right now is his stock's at an all-time low. Right. Philadelphia will not and get And I don't it. think CJ's is very high either no, right now. No, Portland wants him out. Yeah. They love him, but they know they can't win with him next mm-hmm. to, to Dame. So I think that for, for both of these scenarios, Simmons and Gobert, there's no way that Utah or Philly gets equal value. No, no, They're no, not no, going to no. get what they're they, worth. Yeah. Yep. They're just not going to be able to ask for it. No. Because people are going to be like, Everyone's I mean, not really. so <laughs> low on that <laughs> right now. <laughs> Simmons just did yeah. the last five minutes yeah. of that game? Yeah. I guess yeah. that's fair. So Simmons to CJ. Did you have that one, Parker? Or? I did, but I said and something else. Okay. But yeah, I don't I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a third-round pick or if it's a, a third-rounder. I don't know. A third-rounder. <laughs> he's, he's taking us back to the, what, the, the 84? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get their regional pick. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that that's a unanimous one. Unanimous one. That's pretty cool. Uh, the second Simmons one I had um, was Simmons to the Lakers um, because you know that the Lakers fans would love this for Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder, and Taylor Horton, Taylor Horton Tucker. I think that LeBron won't give up uh, DHT. No way. THT. He... For 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 the King 2.0, he wouldn't allow him to be traded for Kyle Lowry this year. He demanded that Taylor Horton Tucker remain on the wow. Lakers, and wow. I, I just I I just see that being a pride thing where the Lakers have been so staunch about no, this is a guy we're keeping, this is someone that we will not give up. I just don't see them including him in a trade, really. But you take him out of that trade, I think they do that in a second. Yeah. I, I think I think I, that's a solid get for once again it's something that makes sense for both teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's uh, I have to credit my my brother Eric for that one. That one uh, he came up with that one. I thought that was good. I I don't know. Did is LeBron stock on Taylor Horton Tucker still as high as it is? Or probably not. Probably not. Probably not because they didn't play him. No, that they didn't. Last series, you know, like they refused to play him for some reason when he's had really good moments. I just feel like. Like I said, it's one of those things at this point where it's like, no, we've invested so much into him. Mm-hmm. We can't just give him up, you know. But, like, to Parker's point, why not trade a player that at his very best could give you what Ben Simmons at his worst already <laughs> gives you? you right, know? right, right. And maybe three more points. Uh, I'm going to go out on a <laughs> limb and say I like that, neither though. of you had him. Neither of you had that one, so... Uh, did. I didn't look Lakers. I said <laughs> I did Ben for Dennis and Ben for Dennis Shooter and Kyle Kuzma. Wow. Wow. You Pretty too. Cool. Well, that's in sync today. <laughs> that's cool. I was surprised that you said that. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Aiden, what's your second Simmons trade then? Um, I thought a sign and trade for Kyle Lowry straight across makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that one a lot. I think that uh, Toronto has their point guard and Fred Van Vliet. He can facilitate the offense. Um, I feel like Chris Boucher is nice, but he's not 30-something minutes a game nice. Mm-hmm. And that creates a pretty solid three-man, like, big rotation. And once again, I am assuming that whoever trades for Ben Simmons takes him off the perimeter and puts You'd him ho- as you, you have four to. or five. You have to right? at this but, point. You know, Boucher, Siakam, Simmons, that's as good of a – Three big rotation. Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. That's a that's solid. That's team. a good team. Um, and Kyle Lowry gets 
I mean, he's to 35. He's older than I am. He gets to go home. He 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 gets to go home. He still has a couple. I mean, Kyle Lowry's that really, really rare player that even into his mid-30s is still getting better, right? Not in every aspect. He's not more athletic than he used to be. He's like he's like Jason Kidd. He's he, figuring it he, out he as got, he gets older. He figured it out as he got older. Yeah. So exactly. maybe you throw Malachi Flynn and Paul Reed in there, right? Yeah, if, something like it, that. To if if Philly really wants, you know, another young piece back. Um, but I thought that was that was a possibility. This one is probably my favorite one that I came up with. Um, one player that wants out that would have given Philly a lot of what they needed is Buddy Heald. Mm. So Ben Simmons, Tyrese wow. Maxey, and Paul Reed for Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. I don't. I uh, Bagley I, also wants out. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think Vladdy Divac gives a, gives him up. I don't think Vladdy Divac likes him at all, though. Really? No, no. Mm. I mean, this is a guy who refused to play him over Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes. You know. <laughs> um, I said Ben for De'Aaron straight across. I don't no. think Sacramento does that. Uh, so Sixers might have to give up a little bit more. But yeah. Wow. I, mean, I, 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 I like the healed one though. I, I Sorry, think, Parker. but I think Sacramento <laughs> is the team that hops in this immediately because Sacramento's not a team that can land someone like Ben Simmons in free agency. I don't. Th- if you're Ben Simmons, though, your pride is probably too high. You probably don't. You probably just pitch a fit and then say, "I'm not going to play in Sacramento." Though. Well, then he's got to go to <laughs> Shanghai. No one else wants to play. Yeah, but I think uh, a package centered around Simmons for Heald and a piece. Yeah. Um, could get the job <laughs> done. Got to Shanghai. <laughs> and then my last one. I think this one's a little out there, but looking at two recent uh, eliminated teams, uh, Denver's another one of those teams that kind of has that weird roster problem where they've got too much of one thing, not enough of another thing. So uh, I know Philadelphia loves Tybal, but I'm thinking Ben Simmons and Matisse Tybal for Aaron Gordon. Michael Porter Jr., who I think they want out, and Monty Morris. Yeah, that Michael Porter Jr. Denver thing is just so weird because everyone thinks that Michael Porter Jr. is just just this this close uh, to making a huge leap into superstardom. But then, you know, Denver gets eliminated or whatever. They lose a couple games and they're like, okay, well, Denver's going to trade Michael Porter Jr. So which one is it? I don't know. Yeah, so that's that I, one's I, an interesting I think one. Michael Porter Jr., from a talent standpoint, is like two steps away from being a potential superstar. Mm. But I also think he's one step away from never playing another minute in the league with his bad back. Like, true. You've seen me. I cannot play pickup more than once a week without my back going out. Right. Like, it is. Look at what it did to Scottie Pippen's career. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is so hard to play with a bad back. And if I'm Denver, I'm trying to get something for him while he still has value. Sure. Yeah. And I am just not an Aaron Gordon fan because <laughs> for reasons we've said about Ben like Simmons, it. he can't really score unless he's right next to the ring. Yeah, I feel like Aaron Gordon and Ben Simmons are probably very, very similar. Ben Ben's just a little bit more of a better defender. Yeah. His better instincts, more I guess. More versatile. Yeah. You know, I think he does more for your offense other than Aaron Gordon just knows what he is, and he's constantly jumping at the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like I said, throw Monty Morris in there, who has proven He was their reliable. best. He was their second best player in that. In, play, in, in playoff the playoffs. Game. So, 
I mean, he's going to be better than Shake Milton once again. Yeah. So I think that uh, Michael Porter Jr. scoring willingness to score Monty Morris gives them enough to for Philadelphia to pull that that trigger. Maybe including Tybal in there, who once again I really, 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 really like Tybal because he's such a strong defender. We're talking about a guy that's already probably a top to five def- wing defender in the league. Isn't he's all te- all second team defense? I think something like that. But yes, he, he was, also, and he played like. 22 minutes a game or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Right. And I think part of that isn't just Doc Rivers. coaching. I think it's also the fact that this dude refuses to shoot the ball more than three times a game. And it's, it's not like Ben Simmons where he's scared to. I just think he's just not wired that way. You know? And yeah. Kind of. He doesn't really have those tools. He's not putting himself in great position to get those shots other than on, you know, those fast breaks where he picks off a, an errant pass. Yeah. yeah. My third one was uh, for Simmons was Simmons for Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, and a draft pick. Okay, I like that. I I, I looked at that for a, a, a Pelicans trade for a while. Um, is Simmons enough to keep Zion Williamson in New Orleans? Because that's what New Orleans has to be geared to right now. Yeah. So how do we hold on to this guy? Yeah, I don't know if you got to throw something in, uh, uh, something else in if you're Philly. Um, but I just think of that starting starting lineup of, well, I don't even know who the fifth guy would be, but you have Ben Simmons, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and Stephen Adams on the floor. Like, ouch. Well, yeah, the way the ouch. way that I look at it, why why does um why does New Orleans do that? What does Ben Simmons give them that essentially Lonzo Ball doesn't give them right now? Right, Lonzo's got the vision. That's fair. Lonzo plays hard on defense, and he can actually shoot the ball occasionally. You yeah. know, like why? You got me there, why yeah. does New Orleans well, do that trade? There's lots, if, unless Philly throws in something else, which I think and, is, is unless Zion comes out and says, "Hey, I want this guy." Yeah, right. totally, totally. And there are a lot of really smart NBA guys out there that are saying Lonzo Ball is going to be a priority target for this team, this team, this team, this team, and. <laughs> you kind of sit there and be like, why? He has not lit the world on fire in the NBA. But he does something. He has something that all of these really brilliant minds are like, no, 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 no. Lonzo's really good. Yeah, He still has potential to be really good. So um, my one thing there with what does it do for New Orleans is I feel like, you know, Steven Adams, you probably don't want him playing more than 28 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Zion... Like probably don't want him playing more I than twenty. Loved, I love Zion Williamson. I think he's one of the most talented players in the league. It's amazing watching what he's doing. But I was having this conversation with Christian the other day online. Um, the Pelicans have to, in a way, be win now mode because you don't know how long Zion's career is. Sure, you know. So I think Simmons maybe extends his career a bit, where instead of having Stephen Adams play thirty minutes, Zion play thirty six minutes. Now suddenly you look again at a rotation. You can have Zion playing load management, mm-hmm. Clippers, Kawhi minutes, 28 minutes a game. Right. You know, so I think it could extend his career a bit, but I agree with you, Parker. I don't think Ben Simmons is the type of player that gets Zion to stay. Yeah. Well, And there is a world where Ben Simmons extends Zion's career in that he makes the game easier for Zion, right? If Ben yeah. Simmons can get back to who he was and actually shoot the ball a little bit, now obviously that's like all of these trades would be different if Ben Simmons could back could get back to who he was. But like 
<clears throat> right? Zion right now is I'm just going to run at you from half court and everybody get out the way and I'm going to finish. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's harder on his body. If you let yep. Ben Simmons be the four or the five and now you have somebody going off the dribble against a big man, now somebody else steps over, he tosses it up to Zion. Zion just dunks it on people's heads. Right. Like, suddenly Zion's cutting a lot more. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Now Zion can play off the ball a little bit. And then that will extend his career as well. So I'm with you there, and and maybe that's something that Ben still has. Like I, I mean, obviously yeah, it's just you know fictitious trades, but I don't know that there's definitely something something there, especially because I like what you said, Kellen. Like Zion has complete control over that franchise right, right now. <laughs> you know he can he can say whatever yeah. he wants, and they're gonna try and make it work. Yeah, it is so crazy that we've literally reached a point where we're like. I don't, I don't know if Ben Simmons does enough for them. Got to keep Lonzo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> like, could you imagine? Listen, uh, Lonzo Ball has been on my wish list for my Utah Jazz for a long time. Yeah. I think him and Don, oh, my gosh, would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I love Mike Conley. I love well, Mike Conley. Lonzo's been caught up in a lot of dysfunction. But I think you, you add Lonzo, who is six inches taller than Mike Conley, and, you know, proved this season that he's capable of shooting it pretty well. That's a nice lineup. Donovan yeah, and, and Lonzo like he will was be. a great shooter. Oh, my gosh. We just heard so much about his weird shot. And, like, we, we we did what we do a lot of times with NBA draft prospects is we talk ourselves out of them. Yeah. And I think Lonzo has suffered from that. Like, yeah. We convinced ourselves because we didn't like his dad. This is why he's not going to be a good player. Wasn't as good as his brother or something like that. Yeah. Um, let's go to Let's go to Rudy. Our, our Rudy trades. So, so these Rudy trades are highly hypothetical, right? Because Rudy has his recently signed extension, so he technically can't be traded until late October. Yep. Um, but so they're still fun. That, <laughs> I'm just that, that without Rudy doing some NBA PA approval stuff. Yeah, they're not going to happen. So I think in the real world, the Jazz are much more likely to trade Derek Favors, who we all love, who took a huge pay cut to come back to Utah, who is basically the fan favorite after Don. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But he's going to give you more of those 6'8 shooter options. But I digress. Um, Rudy. Hop into the Rudy trades. Rudy <laughs> trades. They're still fun. They're still fun. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, there's no way Rudy gets traded. Um, as much as Jazz fans. There's no way Rudy gets traded, and there's no way Quinn Snyder gets fired. No. Much to Jazz fans' current dismay. Give the Jazz fans another month. I'll calm down. Uh, my first Rudy trade is Rudy Gobert for Jonas Valanciunas and Dylan Brooks. <laughs> oh, oh can you imagine? <laughs> what mad, did the Jazz need you know, this jazz series? Fans would be. The oh. Jazz needed Dylan Brooks this series. Yeah. And, and yeah. I know Dylan Brooks had... <laughs> Just the most incredible series against the Jazz, where he shot a million percent from the field, and I I, I understand that. What you're doing right now but is like the equivalent of like Jazz fan self harming. You know, it's <laughs> all just of like, these are. All I've of been these a bad are. boy. I need Dylan Brooks. I deserve to be punished. Oh Listen, I was God. thinking. I was just thinking. Who is a six foot six to six foot eight stopper that the Jazz needed, and the Jazz could go get. That would be I, so funny. I just thought, I yes, I agree. You I, just won the podcast because I think that's so funny. It would it would break so jazz good. fans' brains. <laughs> and but Dylan Brooks, he's one of those kids where you you hate when he's not on your team. 
But yeah. when he's on your team, you love watching Dylan Brooks. Oh, no, it's funny. Memphis straight up just says no to that. <laughs> They're like, we don't want to go back. <laughs> Dylan Brooks played better than Gobert did. Hey, uh, against Memphis, uh, Rudy Gobert did that's dominate true. that okay, series. He did dominate that's that funny. series. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I had to get that one out of the way. So um, uh, that, that's Moving my. forward, I want the director to show this is my favorite trade. <laughs> like, this is the one I want to have. I knew now. it would be. I knew it would be. All right, give me, give me, give me one of your Rudy's. All right, so I got, I got three for Rudy. Um, one that I think is actually, I think all three of them are realistic. Um, first one is the one that got floated around a ton during the draft and a ton post uh, bubble because remember Rudy didn't have a great bubble. Yes. Um, I remember. That is, it, at the time, it was <laughs> the number two pick in Wiggins for Rudy Gobert. Mm. And I still think where Wiseman didn't have a spectacular rookie season, I still think that Wiggins and Wiseman for Gobert is possible. I think so. I think so. Um, I, That's a good one. I like I, that one. I don't think there's a huge drop-off in terms of, like, game six, game seven, what you're getting out of Rudy if sure. they're just shooting over you. Um, not that Wiggins is... a great shooter by any means but Wiggins played some of the best defense against LeBron James that I've ever seen mm-hmm. during the the playing games mm-hmm. so uh, at least Wiggins is a guy that's gonna stop Paul George better than Royce O'Neal can yeah I yeah. love the idea of Rudy Gobert playing defense with Draymond Green in his ear oh <laughs> could you imagine oh I can't imagine playing playing offense against either of those guys holy smokes that would be and when Clay Dang, comes that, back, that would be cool. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's a good trade for Rudy. That would right? be cool. That, I think that I think that's the, great for Golden State. Yeah. Warriors. What have Warriors made Festus Azili look like a decent? What NBA have the player? Warriors needed <laughs> since <laughs> the dawn? What have the Warriors needed since the dawn of time? A reliable, a, a reliable center, rim protector. Right. You, you have. <laughs> you went from Andres Biedrinch to Festus Azili to Kevin Looney. And now you're at James Wiseman, who they didn't like, essentially. Yeah. I mean, Steve, didn't Steve Kerr essentially stop playing him? He stopped playing him for Kevin Looney. Yeah. You know. I mean, who, I, I'm, a, I'm yeah. a big Looney guy just because one year when I went to the NBA Summer League, it was – because remember when Kevon Looney was drafted, he basically took a redshirt year getting healthy in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. So it was that rookie year for him where he wasn't playing, and I just ran into him on the strip – Coolest dude ever. <laughs> Super nice guy. I was kind of surprised I knew who he was, uh, but sat there and talked to me about UCLA and stuff. And so I'm always going to view him as like two or three <laughs> notches better than he really is. <laughs> and everyone's like, why do you like him so much? I'm like, well, because he's nice. Because he talked to me. Because of his game? No, no, no. no. Just, he's nice. He's a nice guy. Yeah, but look what he messes up right here. That doesn't matter, all right? We had a great conversation. <laughs> You bought me a Baja Blast. <laughs> Probably why I'm so high on Royce O'Neal is because Royce O'Neal is still my Twitter picture. All right, Parker, what's your first uh, Rudy trade? I, that's um, a good one, by the way, Hayden. That's a good one. Gosh, I don't know. Again, I just want to preface this by saying this was really hard for me because I value Rudy Gobert so <laughs> little. <laughs> and so it was really hard for me to come up with a reasonable trade. And I don't know if Indiana goes for this, but I think that there's something that could be done for Gobert and Sabonis. And I think that the Jazz get a lot better if they're able to get DeMontis Sabonis. Mm. But I don't know what else has to 
Indiana, they have two really good young pieces in Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis. Totally. They're two really good young pieces that have proven they can't play They together. can't play together. Right. So, eventually, you have to move one of them. I mm-hmm. think Indiana likes Sabonis more than Turner at this point. Oh, I should have done that. But That's at probably... the same time, if you're Indiana, you have to look at who's going to pair better with Gobert. It's going to be Turner. It's probably Turner because of his perimeter shooting. Yeah, he can shoot. You know, he Kinda. can move a little better in terms of, of getting out on the wing. So I, I think Sabonis right. is the right call. I'm shocked that the first one you went to is Indiana. <laughs> I know. You're an Indiana guy, and <laughs> uh, and you, you value Gobert, Gobert about this Gobert much. Gobert was so. on the Pacers, I would <laughs> a mess that would be. Imagine how good he would look in those Hickory jerseys. <laughs> oh, man. He'd be like Jimmy Chitwood out there. Oh. Um, this next one I got for Rudy. Uh, it, it's tough because one of them's a, a free agent, so you'd have to work a sign-in trade. But uh, probably Rudy and you either toss in Clarkson or uh, these are two very different players. Clarkson, Joe, or even George Niang. You got to just get some type of second piece in there uh, for a sign and trade with DeRozan, uh, Pirtle, and Derek White to San Antonio. I think it gives San Antonio a piece to build off, a younger piece to build off of because DeRozan's not... Uh, no spring chicken. Yeah. And when a guy whose game is built around athleticism is getting into his 30s, that's a bigger problem than a big yeah. towards his 30s. Yeah, and I think I think the Jazz could use a scorer who can score from somewhere else besides the three-point line, besides other than Donovan Mitchell, because Donovan Mitchell can score from anywhere. But anytime Bojan put the ball on the ground, it got taken. Um, and Roy, you're not relying on Royce to get a mid-range jumper, and you don't want Joe shooting anything but threes. So I think you get DeRozan. DeRozan brings you some good mid-range threats. Pirtle's a solid backup. Pirtle was probably one of the six or seven best defensive centers in the league this he's, year. He's, he's he, pretty okay. He did really good this year. He had a very underrated year because San Antonio had not a typical San Antonio year. Yeah. And then Derek White's a good shooter, so... Okay, I think that would satisfy the fan base, bringing Pirtle back home. <laughs> at home True. as if he's from Utah. He right. played college basketball <laughs> in Utah. But he's still got a lot of fans here. Yeah. So I think that would be big. Um, I think you probably start him over favors at this point, but mm-hmm. I don't think either of them necessarily take time away from each other. No, I think right? you can almost split it down the middle. Right, you're going 24. 24 minutes a game with those two guys, yeah. and that's fine because – you're going to be running a lot. Mm-hmm. You can't handle more than 24 minutes a game. Um, I liked the other night when you threw DeRozan out there. I feel like he's someone that San Antonio is going to try to start looking at getting Well, he's a free agent, for. so I, I think... I, I think If they can. Yeah. Right, so he's got to agree to go to Utah right, first. Right, right. Um, no, I like that. I, I, I have a hard time seeing Dan, San Antonio throw Derek White in there. Um I think maybe you could get someone more like Patty Mills. Patty would come. Yeah, I think he would come. Tight with Joe. Mm-hmm. You know? What do you got, Parker? Give me a uh, second one that's not Demonis Sabonis. My second one that I had written down was to just, and I guess this will kind of depend on, and it's kind of like what Hayden said, that Utah isn't necessarily like, yeah, they they just signed him to an extension, so it's not like they're going to just go out and trade him anyway. But this is if they're just desperate and both teams just kind of need to get out of it. 
um, Rudy Gobert, and then a Kristaps and some other Richardson. Okay, I had this one. I had this one. Because Dallas just needs to get away from Kristaps' contract, and he's super untradeable. Two untradeable players. Yeah, two untradeable players. Kind of like what... I'll do you one better. The Celtics just did. Three untradeable players. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy to Dallas. Kristaps to Philly. Ben to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about trades that would piss Jazz fans off? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, that was a funny one. That, that I I but going back to your your trade Parker, I think yeah, two two untradeable Chris people. And Finney Smith probably do it, right? I'd I take would, Finney Smith in a heartbeat. I would like that so. that dude is a great perimeter defender. He, oh yeah. He's he's kind of got that mentality where he doesn't realize how not good he is. Not saying he's a bad player. <laughs> but he and I'm not he's saying a I think he's, the Jazz he's could a lot use better than he is. I think the Jazz could use a 6-8 guy who's not afraid to shoot the ball. Right. I'm just saying he's he's kind of got that Patrick Beverly thing where I'm not saying he thinks he's better than he is, but he doesn't shy away because of but, his limitations. But when he shoots it, right? he thinks it's going in. Yeah. yeah. You know, so well, like and sometimes still, it he's, does. Yeah, he's still confident that he's like, right, that, I'm going to pull this and bang. Right? right, right. That's a good one. And I think it keeps Luca happy. Yeah. Rudy's young. Okay, Rudy's what, 28? I mean, he's 27? Yeah, this dude 27? came the league when he was 19 years old. Yeah. Like, he may seem like he's been here a long time, which he has, but super young. He's got he's, young legs on him He's pretty still. durable. He hasn't gotten hurt very much. Right, and that one is things, awesome. One of the things Being for real. to to look at too is his first few years in the league when he's going back between the G League and and the NBA, like he's only playing thirty something games a year. His legs are not as old as someone who comes in and starts playing eighty two games immediately. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that is one thing that I've always given Rudy credit for, and it may be due to the fact the that he's not very aggressive and he's not very tough in the paint, but he's just never hurt. He's always available yeah. to, to be on the floor and, yeah. and play big minutes, too. He, and he, I, he is the best shot blocker in the world, like oh, the yeah. best rim protector in the world, excuse yeah. me. Maybe not shot blocker, but the best rim protector in the world. So, like we said, like stepping back from this, he does still have a lot of value. He is a huge reason why Utah had the best record in the league. Like. Mm-hmm. But doesn't matter if you can't be reliable. Yeah. His his ability to take over games defensively is is outstanding. But Los Angeles exposed him. I, it, I just right. think just exposed him. Yeah, it and I think it's a lot of Quinn matchup. Snyder. But right, that was one of the things we were talking about too. Did they expose Rudy or did they expose Quinn? Right, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, because I, I don't they, know if Rudy did. They just exposed the offense, and Quinn was playing the cards that he had. Like could have been. I don't know if Rudy has ever been like. You know, people don't necessarily expect him to go out and guard a Marcus Morris. You know, like that's right. not exactly right. who he's supposed to be. No one thought he should go out there right. and guard Nick Batum, yeah. even though Nick yeah. Batum's old. Yeah. Like, well, and then on the offensive end too, he's a role threat, right? That's that's what gets Utah its interior points is he's a role threat. So you have Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell coming off this pick, and Rudy's rolling, and now you have to make a decision. The post defender has to make right. a decision: Do I stay with Don or do I go to back to Rudy? Well, without Mike Conley and with a hurt Donovan Mitchell, you're not getting into the paint. So, no. Rudy, on the off- you're playing five on four on offense because yeah. yeah. there's no point. Um, my third and final uh, Rudy Gobert trade, which this one's probably an, uh, not 
great anymore, given Atlanta's victory, was uh, Rudy Gobert and Bojan Bogdanovic for Clint Capella and John Collins. All right, so when you pitched this the other night, I was like, that is the trade. But then something happened. Atlanta won. Atlanta won. <laughs> and John Collins which means, was amazing. Yeah, which means, like, I don't see the four finals teams engaging in any trades that don't just really overwhelmingly benefit right. them. You know? Right. So I, I didn't even look at any trades for, for the, the final four. But post-game six... I was like, that is something the Jazz need to look at. Yeah, I like that trade. I like I like John Collins a lot. Um, I think Clint Capella Born gives in you. Utah. Yeah, <laughs> I think Clint Capella gives you something on the defensive end. Um, John Collins has long wanted out of. I don't know if he's wanted out of Atlanta, but Atlanta and him have not necessarily come to an agreement. Right on staying in Atlanta, so I think, you know, he's got. They either got to move on from him or pay him and I don't know that they're going to pay him. I think they're p- trying to save all their pennies for Trey Young who's going to get a supermax here pretty quick. Right. Well, probably not a supermax cuz he wasn't an all-star this year, but um but anyways, he'll get a max. He'll get a max. So that's yeah, I, I think that's a lot harder to do now, but nonetheless, that was that was what I thought. And and, and in addition, you know, you get Atlanta gets another three-point shooter which they seem to like. Doing yeah. is shooting threes. Who does it and the Bogdanovich brothers, <laughs> who are not even from the same country. I was just gonna say that. I don't think they do it because they just confused Trey Young. He'd accidentally pass it to the wrong Bogdanovich. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> one. Couldn't go no, wrong. No, no, swing lately, it lately, though. You know. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's well. True. One <laughs> of them would. One of them would facilitate and swing it. The other would probably get the ball stolen. But it's fine. right. <laughs> um, I will say one thing that I think could push this through is. It's been well documented that John Collins doesn't love playing with Trey Young. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. Once again, it's one of those situations where it's like, no, we don't want to get rid of him, but he's leaving, so we might as well get something. Something in return. You know, so if Collins is going to leave, I think that's the best that Atlanta can do because as good as Clint Capella has looked, we also have to look at the fact that Clint Capella has played with James Harden and Trey Young, who basically just throw the ball up in the air and he can catch it. And guess what? Rudy can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so Rudy is an upgrade still. Yep. So um, I, I love that trade. I, well, I like Atlanta, not one. I like Clint Capella as a perimeter defender a little bit more than Rudy. Oh, yeah, yeah, for but sure. Box plus minus Clint Capella was the worst member of the Hawks in this series. And yeah. part of that is you're going up against Joel Embiid, but still, nonetheless, you're I, the worst. And I don't know, and there was obviously a lot of turmoil and conversation, but did John Collins and Trey Young fix it? It looks like they did. Yeah, because I don't know if John Collins is playing as good as he is without Trey Young on his team because he's getting a lot of wide-open corner threes. He's getting a lot of put-back dunks because everybody's sucked out to the outside. Like. Right. Did he I, humble I, himself I, enough to realize? That yeah, I I really want to say that they fixed it, and there was actually a moment in Game Seven where Philly was going on a little bit of a run, and John Collins turned it over some, and Trey Young went and got in his face, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And John Collins was just like very receptive of it. He was like, "Yeah, for sure, I got you." Like, "Yeah, let's do it." And I was like, "Dude, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't look like somebody who was like, no, I hate Trey Young. I want to get out of here.' Nope, you know, not at all. Right. So I don't know. I I I think that they may have fixed it." At least for the time. If being, they did, you know. and people, I think I think people are going to want to go to Atlanta, yeah, and play with Trey Young, especially yeah. after he assists yeah. eighteen buckets in a game. Right. 
hey, this guy's going to pass me the ball, and if he gets into a jam, he's going to make it. He's so. looking way more Steph Curry than Gilbert Arenas. Right. You know? He's right. just going to be chucking. Yeah. yeah. So um, this one might hurt a bit. This is my most realistic Gobert trade. <laughs> Why'd um, you have to lead with that? <laughs> this is going to hurt, but it's Rudy real. Rudy Gobert to Detroit for Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley. And Jeremy Grant had a solid season. He looked good last year. He's that 6'8", can shoot, can guard multiple positions guy. Mason Plumley is basically filling up the the salary requirements. Um, I not a Mason Plumley stand. He's there to fill up the salary requirements. I am a <laughs> fan of his because he went to Duke. <laughs> But uh, I think that is about as good as the Jazz could realistically do for Gobert right now in this moment. Jeremy Grant. Hmm. I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. I think I would rather uh, pluck my eyeballs out than watch Mason Plumley p- play basketball in a Utah Jazz uniform. Uh-huh. I would do Jeremy Grant. I know that salary won't work. I, I would do Jeremy Grant for Rudy Gobert straight across. Right. I would, but you got to make salary work. Right, which is why I threw Mason Plumley in mm. there because he's 100% useless as soon as Rudy Gobert comes to town. It's just that's that's what the Jazz needed. They needed a 6 foot 6 to 6 foot 9 to 6 foot 10 guy who could create something and also guard. Right, and Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy Grant's great. He he was great this season. But he also went to Detroit so he could be the number 1 option and take 30 shots a game. And so yeah, he's not going to come to Utah and be the fourth But also, oh, now I'm behind somebody else again. Playing winning basketball means something, right? I mean, that's what guys. that's what Kyrie Irving did as well, right? He was yeah. like, I don't want to be in LeBron's shadow, and then he was like, Wait, this is really hard to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be this. I will go lone star. stand in yeah. Kevin's shadow. Yeah. yeah, this is really hard to be the lone star and and lead a team and so i don't know how jeremy grant's feeling but how many games do they win like 11 so right i don't know maybe maybe jeremy wants out now i like i like jeremy grant i've always liked jeremy grant i mean even after the denver series i thought that's who you jazz should have thrown everything in the kitchen sink at jeremy grant because i mean against denver or against the the jazz denver series back in the bubble Jeremy Grant was the X factor in that yeah, series. I mean, totally. you you had obviously everyone will remember it as the the Jamal Murray series because he was insane. But Donovan Mitchell was going blow for blow with right. with Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, so you needed something else. Zeroed out. Yeah, and then you had Rudy Gobert, you know, somewhat doing okay against Jokic, as good as anyone and can. anyone can. And so it left someone else to beat you, and it wasn't going to be Joe Ingles, and it wasn't going to be Royce O'Neal, and Boyan was hurt. Um. So and then Jeremy Grant on the other team, they he stepped up. So, yeah. anyways, uh, that's not a bad one. Um. Then my last one. This is my Dylan Brooks crazy trade. <laughs> so how you like this? Rudy Gobert to Charlotte for Gordon Hayward for PJ Washington <laughs> and throwing Gordon Hayward to make the <laughs> salaries match. <laughs> Bring him home. Bring him <laughs> home. Can, I don't this is redemption I, art. I honestly don't know the reception that Jazz fans would give Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I, I I genuinely don't because everyone was pissed off when he left, but then he broke his leg, and so now I think everyone kind of feels, yeah, it feels bad. bad for him because he's a shell of his former self. Yeah, but I still think what he brings to the table is a lot. What Utah's looking for, PJ Washington. PJ Washington is a good. A decent young prospect. Um, 
Would would Charlotte do PJ Washington and Miles Bridges? Um, I think that's what Utah asks for: Hayward, Bridges, and Washington. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying Hayward. I'm saying Washington they have Bridges because of salary. Salary. Hayward is making a stupid amount of money. Hayward. Hayward's hey, making so much money. You, you have to throw Hayward <laughs> in with any young player in Charlotte because of how much money. I saw makes. a uh, a fake Simmons one on Twitter last night. Ben Simmons for Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. I like that. Not a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. But uh, no, that's not that's not bad. The Rudy for no, it's terrible. But I think it would be funny. I don't think it would happen in a million years. No. But no, man, Dennis Dennis Lindsay wouldn't pull the trigger on that. Every so funny as as much jazz fans might come around on Gordon Hayward. Uh, front office, no, I don't he think he burned some bridges. He didn't call Gail. <laughs> didn't call Gail. <laughs> I guess Gail's out now. I don't know. Might might be able to make up with Ryan. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Parker, what's your last uh, what's your last Rudy Gobert trade? Uh my last Rudy trade is something that I had Gobert for Nurkic. Straight across? Straight across. Because hmm. I guess the Jazz may have to throw in another shooter to get Portland to do it because Gobert doesn't exactly fill the void of what they needed. But at the same time, I don't know if Jokic does what he does in that series if he has Gobert and Nurk just couldn't stay in the game. Nurkic does bring more offense, though. But it's right. I mean, even looking at Gobert for Nurkic for 40 games that Nurkic actually plays a year, Gobert, if you're only getting for 40 games, he's still a better option than Nurkic. Yeah, and that's that's – Kind of what I was feeling, and so if the Jazz want to get rid of Go- Gobert, 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 I hate that guy. Gobert. Uh, I call him Gogert. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Nurk, and I think that Nurk is a way better option than Gobert on the Jazz on in that situation. Yeah, I think if you, if you could have, I just more than anything, I just wish that Rudy had just. 20% of a back-to-the-basket game and could go get a bucket literally one, uh, let's go two out of five times that he had the ball. One I would, Yeah, I would be so pleased. It, it, and the only came. way Rudy is effective on the offensive end if is if he's catching the ball on, on, on a roll. Right. Either that or a putback, but everyone's effective on a putback. Uh, the only way he's effective is if he's on a roll. If you give it to him in the high post or you give it to him with his back to the basket, it's, it's either a turnover or it's a or it's a turnover. There's right. no. There's no. What about Rudy for CJ then? No, I. I mean, C- CJ is not going to help Utah with that perimeter defense at all. No, and CJ and Donovan are essentially well, not the same, but they're the same size. Yeah. yeah. And so then you got Mike Conley, CJ McCollum, and, and Donovan Mitchell as your three best players, and, and that's too small. It's way too small. What if you did Rudy Nurkic, or uh, Rudy and like. Again, Joe Ingles or George Niang for Nurkic and Robert Covington. Because I think Rudy's value outweighs Yusuf Nurkic's value. Yeah, I agree. I so agree. I, I think that could be made up for if you toss in like a Norm Powell or a Robert Covington. So what if you did like what if you did like a Zach Collins and a Robert Covington or even like Zach Collins and Ennis Cantor. 
Ugh. <laughs> should we just bring back the, Utah would not should Utah we just bring fans back, would not let's bring back the one. 2012 Utah Jazz and just go <laughs> we already got Derek Favors let's go sign Trey Burke for five dollars and <laughs> where's Dante where's, get Dante Exum back no I don't I don't hate it um, Nurk just can't stay on the floor man I was so blown away at what happened in that series. I don't even know if I talked about it on the pod. I think I did. But the fact that he could not figure out how to not get five fouls in the third quarter, yeah, it was literally blowing me away. Yeah. Because it was so simple. Nurkic, you don't foul out of this game, we win. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's literally as simple as that. Because then you don't have to – I mean, Jokic is still going to go do what Jokic is going to do. But you don't have to immediately double him as soon as he touches the ball. Nurkic is a better option than mm-hmm. Carmelo. Why didn't the Blazers play Derek Jones? I uh, yeah, we did Somewhere. talk about this. <laughs> that, that was the one thing going through my head yeah. the whole time. I was like, "You got their rotation. Their rotation got this big yeah. in 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 the. I gotta stop referencing things with my hands because we're on a podcast. <laughs> their rotation got about six players big, and uh, it made no sense. Derek Jones was great in the season. Yeah, I didn't. I, that was so confusing for me. Yeah. Maybe the Trailblazers don't do anything because they got a new coach. So now Derek Jones will get played in the game. Is it going to be uh, Jason Kidd? No, it's Chauncey Billups. No, it's going to be Mike D'Antoni. Mm. No one knows. I think Chauncey holds out for a, a big market. Mm. Dame would average 40 a game if Mike D'Antoni was his coach. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, but what if you make them? All right. Well, that, that'll do it for our fake trades. Uh, real fast because we're already at a lot. Um, who who do you got in the conference finals, and then who do you got in the finals? Uh, I guess I, I can start there. I I'm gonna go ahead and take Phoenix. Um, I like lot. I like the Clippers. Um, as long as they're shooting a million percent from three, I just don't think that they can. I say it. They might do it. I just don't think they can keep it up. So um, well, Phoenix is onto their shtick now. Phoenix is better built for guarding the perimeter than. Did you see that? Did you see that video um, that was circulating Instagram of Jay Crowder guarding Reggie Jackson, and Jay Crowder just bumped him right before the play, and Reggie Jackson's like, "Oh my gosh, like this is the worst." (laughs) (laughs) I think that's all it took to get Reggie Jackson off his game, and no one in Utah did it. No one. That's all Royce O'Neal had to do. Yeah, he just had to just put it, put it, put a floor. nice little shoulder into <laughs> Reggie Jackson. And they would have won this series. Yeah. Um, and Phoenix is great. Phoenix is great. And then I think uh, Milwaukee is going to beat Atlanta. And I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Um, but last time I doubted Atlanta, I got shown up pretty good. <laughs> but Milwaukee is so good. And I, uh, I think they're going to win the finals against the Suns. Um, that one's going to be a fun what series. What time we live in a Phoenix Milwaukee final. But that's going to be Oof. that's going to be a great series. Just top to bottom great series. So what do you got? Um I think Phoenix does basically what the Clippers do only better. So I'm going to take Phoenix. Um the one solace for Jazz fans should probably be even if Utah would have come out of that series with a win, Phoenix would have just done to Utah what the Clippers did times two. So <laughs> would have been a clean sweep. So yeah, it would have been, it would have been tough for Utah to, to get past Phoenix. So uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to shy away from my typical in six pick <laughs> and Phoenix in five. <laughs> and 
I feel like Atlanta can can steal a game from from Milwaukee, but I don't think that game, that series will be super close either. I just feel like I don't know. Milwaukee's defense is too good. I just see I don't. It's hard for me because pre Nate McMillan Hawks, they were what like fourteen and twenty two or something like that. Yeah, when bad. Nate McMillan took over, obviously things have changed. I mean. Mr. Sonic, he still got it. I mean, and he looks so <laughs> old over there. It makes me sad. Because I love Nate McMillan, but uh, I, I just have a hard time betting against Giannis and Middleton. So I'll say Milwaukee in five. I'm going fives this time. Fives. So who do you got in the finals? You got Phoenix and Milwaukee. Yep. Oh, who, who, who I wins? Have? Who wins? Oh, geez. Uh, I know what I am. I know who I am. Milwaukee in six. <laughs> no arguments. Um, I got Phoenix in five. I think that Devin Booker has officially become that guy. He was amazing last night. He was amazing. He was amazing. As and much as I don't like him because of the comparisons to Donovan Mitchell, the dude has shown up yeah. in the playoffs. I think that Devin Booker has officially officially become that dude and when Chris Paul comes back, it's just going to be even more yeah. of a win. Um, and the issue, I guess the issue that I have is that the Clippers played well. Not that, I guess their role players didn't perform as they did in the in the Jazz series, but it's not like they played, you know, awful. They still had a really solid game. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of think that, like, yeah. I don't know, when Chris Paul comes back, now what are you going to do? Right. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go Suns in five as well, as much as I want to. Do the Suns and Four guy. Suns and Four. <laughs> there, there is a problem. Did you see there was another fight last yeah. night? Well, it's because Devin Booker's glorified. Didn't you tweet it? What? No, some, someone tweeted, like, Devin Booker has has somehow glorified yeah. post-game fights among, yeah. among the, the players. That was freaking funny. It was, it was uh, Richard Jefferson who made the comment. I thought it was so funny how Devin Booker oh, was yeah. just like, Where? Stop. Yeah. Stop. He was like, he said, like, gonna cry about it or something like that. It's such a classic response. Uh, Look at this. Look at this. This stupid stat. Marcus Morris went zero for five from three last night. There you go. Oh, I was so mad. That's what Bill Simmons said, right? It's like, it's, you know, within the first five minutes if Marcus Morris is gonna be able to play that night. It's true. Because he's either gonna make his first two shots or he's gonna miss them. And then you know if you need to play him or not. Yeah, that's true. Um, Anyway, on the other side. You guys have no faith in this Atlanta team. I don't know if I've ever loved a team more than I love this Atlanta team. I love how hard John Collins plays. I love Clint Capella. Trey Young has turned into just this masterpiece, and it's so fun to watch him. Bogdan Bogdanovich is awesome. Um, I'm going to go Bucks in seven. Oh, gosh. So close to six. I, I I wanted to say six, but I really think that the Hawks are just they find they find a way to win. They just find a way to yeah. win. I don't know why. If I literally shoot the great equalizer, <laughs> watching the Philly series the whole time, I was just like, yeah, Philly's gonna win this thing. Even in Game Seven, as much as I love the Hawks, I was like, the Hawks aren't good enough to beat this Philadelphia team. And granted, maybe you know they probably shouldn't have. But I just feel like that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Hawks should win a game, if I'm being honest. Mm-mm. And I just think that they're going to because yeah. they just have. I don't know. I I just really yeah, like this Hawks, Hawks team. Pick them. Take them to the finals. All right, Hawks in six. Yeah, Parker. <laughs> 
That's my f- official pick. I say Hawks in six, and then I think Suns in six in the finals. If the Hawks, if the Hawks move past the Bucks, the Suns will win. It's not, yeah, the Suns will win. But if it's the Bucks and the Suns, I got the. I, I think the Bucks will win. Oh, I just want to. If the Bucks win, I still am taking the Suns. I still think this. I think. Oh, really? So yeah, the so Suns are my pick for the finals. Suns are your pick. Yeah, regardless. Wow, it would be, it would be kind of fun to see the Suns win. That'd be so. I I just I I've, I think I tweeted this yesterday. The the barring Los Angeles, Phoenix, Atlanta, and Milwaukee in the conference, three of the final four teams, so good for the league. Yeah. So good for the league. Yep. And and the Los Angeles and the New York markets might disagree, and the Miamis might disagree. The NBA corporate office might disagree. The <laughs> NBA corporate Adam Silver is up in the night, but <laughs> for for all of us other NBA fans who are in small markets, you know, the Indianas, the Utahs, the the Memphises, the, the NBA Electoral College, as I like to put it. Yeah. Portland, <laughs> Denver, Detroit. It's just it's so good. It's so good for the league. And uh so well there you have it. Real uh, quick, real quick. Okay. Just two things. I know we've been going forever. Number one, want to give a shout out to our very own Damani McIntyre. He is close with Paul George and I had never had a student get so much crap in class. Than he did over the years for Paul George not being what everyone says. I'd like he to is. apologize to Damani because I am one of those kids <laughs> that gave him some heat. Damani, I, I texted him after Game Six. He was the one person in this world I was happy for. Yeah, and he was just like, "Bro, you got no idea how much I've heard it over the years. This feels so good." <laughs> so big shout out to Damani. Um, also, uh, this is typical Suns fan stuff. This just bugs me. So they need to check themselves. Bleacher Report did a poll this morning. It said, uh, did the Suns make the right choice choosing DeAndre Ayton over Luka? Oh, my god! And 65% said, yes, they did make the right choice. Stop it. He's one of the best players in the world for a rotation. <laughs> the, dude is, the dude is top. I get the Suns are riding high right now, and Ayton's cool, and he's fun, and he's a fan favorite. He's not Luka. You could replace Aiton with just about any rim protector, and yeah, have fun with your twenty points and nine rebounds, DeAndre Aiton. Meanwhile, Luke is getting forty point triple doubles. Right? <laughs> Come on, Come on, fans! Don't be that way. Obviously, Luca was the right choice. Oh, stop! Oh, that's it. funny. Luca, Luca, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you imagine? The Parker lot. could be their center, and they'd still win. <laughs> That'd be an upgrade. Come on. The one thing I want to say real quick regarding my son's pick is I think that in the playoffs, uh, I think that Chris Paul is the best player left. Yeah. And that's why I think that the Suns will win the finals because I don't think that Chris Paul is going to mess this up again. And I think that he's good enough to not mess it up again. I don't. In the in the playoffs, right? Obviously, Giannis is more talented and is going to score him more points, and yeah. is probably better just like as an all around player. But in the playoffs, I think that Chris Paul is the best player left. Well, I, I am legitimately concerned though that Patrick Beverly just goes out and hurts Chris Paul. It, I, that is, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what keeps yeah. me, yeah, you know. being for real. I, listen, I, 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 yeah, that's that's scary. That's always a scary thing. Uh, I cannot stand watching Pat Beverly play basketball. Um, but there were times where, like, he would get under a guy 
Like there were times where he got under Donovan Mitchell and, and he would trip Donovan Mitchell up. And the first guy to just help start helping Donovan Mitchell up was Patrick Beverly. And I don't know if that's just the act of Patrick Beverly. I, I would just, oh man, if he hurt Chris Paul, if he, if he Zaza Pachuli had Chris Paul, <laughs> oh, that'd be the saddest Same. thing. No, I, I'd agree. Uh, Chris Paul's probably the best player left. Um, sorry, Paul George and sorry, Giannis Attentacumpo. All right. Well, that'll do it. Uh, thanks for sticking with us for this 90-minute podcast. <laughs> um, we'll be back probably after the NBA Finals. I know Hayden wants to start touching some NBA draft Can't topics. Wait. Can't so wait. So we'll, we'll start mm-hmm. getting there. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.